Today on Why Apply for the Scottish Quality and Safety Fellowship, uh, we have Claire Morrison with us, who was a fellow on cohort eight of the fellowship. So Claire, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I was, as you say, a, a fellow back in cohort eight, which I, I think was 2016, which seems forever ago now. Um, and um, you have caught me in between jobs. So up until yesterday, um, I was director for Scotland at the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, uh, which is pharmacist professional leadership body. And, and I'm a pharmacist by profession. Um, and then uh, in a couple of days time, I start my new job um, at Healthcare Improvement Scotland as director of community engagement. Great. Oh, well, that's very exciting. And um, and what's your kind of clinical background? Um, so so I'm a pharmacist um, and uh, kind of I suppose where I was in the run up to the fellowship was um, I was working for NHS Highland. Um, I was lead pharmacist um, in the North area. Um, I had a particular interest in medicine safety. So um, I'd recently um, co-created the Medicine Sick Day Rule Cards uh, with a colleague um, and uh, then also been involved with the Scottish Patient Safety Programme's uh, pharmacy uh, in primary care pilot. Um, and we'd applied um, as a board from NHS Highland to be a pilot site, uh, which we then went on to do. Um, and I think all of that kind of work, so very much that focus on medicine safety um, and then leading into the world of quality improvement through the SPSP work um, it gave me a, a taste of the future I suppose and and, and where I, I decided I then wanted to head with my career um, into more of improvement world. Brand. And what kind of brought the fellowship to your attention then? Oh, completely um, working away at that that pilot I just mentioned so so the SPSP pharmacy pilot and, and I was suddenly exposed to all these people who who just spoke this new language and it was it was all quality improvement and we we got to go to events um with other teams who'd been doing improvement for a while and 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 had been involved with SPSP for much longer as well um, and through that I met some of the fellows um uh, from that time and I also had some really inspirational people um uh, and it just it it was part of a world that I realised um, I wanted to to join and and be part of and and I suppose thinking back to the, that time there's two particular people who who really did influence me and and they were um, Jill Gillis who was the lead um, at his for the SPSB primary care work and, and Neil Houston who was the clinical lead uh, for SPSB work as well and and I I would never have even thought that I might have got onto the fellowship were it not for the encouragement that they gave me at that time to, to apply um, for it. So I, I owe them a huge thanks. Okay, that's a little shout out. Perfect. <laughs> and then, and like, what did you, what did you think it would be and how did it compare to that when you actually got, got onto the fellowship? Um, so, so I guess what I thought it would be, um, would be a lot of a, a huge amount of learning which it was but what I wasn't prepared for was just how completely and utterly it changes the way that you think um, and it changes changes your, your kind of approach to all of the work you do from that moment on and um, and and it really was it, I mean it was life-changing uh, for me without a doubt and and I know a lot of people say that about it and and people think oh how could that possibly be true but 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 it really was and um, I suppose to illustrate that, I, 
I, I would say bef- where I was before the fellowship. Um, so um, I was completely part of a multidisciplinary team, but I was really focused on that kind of narrow niche of the pharmacy world. Um, and, and I don't think I really recognised in that more strategic way about, about pharmacies part in the bigger NHS system um, and 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 I and all my contacts and my networks were very kind of pharmacy based and so through the fellowship I really just had my eyes opened I started to think about the whole system um, and and I became part of this just fabulous network of people who who you can just call up and have a conversation with and um, and think really and 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 help you understand uh things in ways that you could never have thought of before so so yeah it it it, the fellowship's life-changing and I don't think I was expecting that yeah it's quite rare to get the opportunity isn't it to spend so much time in a non kind of clinical maybe less stressed environment with people from different disciplines and and specialties oh completely and uh and uh, it is absolutely a luxury and, and and it does feel quite time pressured at the time like you, you you're always trying to finish the work that you need to do in order to free up the, the days that you're going to go away and spend with them but actually to have that ability to to disconnect from 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 your day job and spend the time thinking and learning uh, with other people is is, is such a brilliant opportunity and what, what is there was there like a highlight for you or a particular bit of learning which you you feel you kind of carry with you from um, it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I would say the the biggest kind of thing that the fellowship gave me was that understanding of co-design and how we properly engage people in improvement. And I, I think if we're really honest, it, it's not something that we're great at. Um, uh, and when I think back to before the fellowship, I was really hot on um, evidence-based medicine and on asking patients for views. So if ever I um, was doing a project, I would always have asked a patient to be part of that project team. But I didn't really do co-design with them. And and, and that kind of co-design of involving people in helping you understand and develop services before you launch them, the the testing of the services as you move into that development phase, and and then really involving people in in an ongoing way of delivering that continuous improvement. And as the service goes on and on and on, I I, I don't think I did that before. Um, And I think I really learned that through the fellowship. and and I suppose connected with that is is the is the proper listening. So so not just um, not just asking for a view and sort of ticking off that you've done engagement, but properly listening to people and um, and then acting um, on what you hear. So yeah, um, completely. Yeah, I wonder if um, I mean obviously there there is lots of amazing design content like teaching on the fellowship, but I think a big part of that being in that room with all these different people opening your eyes and giving you all these ideas and um and sharing their perspective on problems it it sort of in itself opens your eyes to the benefit of talking to more people all the different stakeholders patients listening to their ideas even the the kind of atmosphere itself that's created can as well as the formal teaching really Uh. Yeah, 100% agree with you, 100% agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. And then, and so how has it affected you professionally? Um, 
so 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 like I said, the learning was life changing um, and the fellowship has been life changing as well in terms of the kind of the direction that my career has gone. So um, part of the fellowship um, and uh, again, a, a real luxury is is the, the possibility of going on a study trip um, to learn something to bring back to Scotland. And, and at, at the time I was working for NHS Highland and I was really interested in improving access to pharmacy services in, in our most remote rural areas. Um, so I went um, to uh, Intermountain Healthcare in Utah um, to see how they use telehealth um, in what is a far more rural setting um, than we have. Um, so I, I came out from that and I proposed setting up a video consulting service and I got funding from the Health Foundation uh, to do that. And at the end of that, the then uh, Chief Executive of NHS Highland, um, Elaine Mead, came to see what we had done. And she said, do you want to have a year and try and do this for outpatients? Um, and, and that was the birth of what was the Caithness Telehealth Project at the time um, that went on to become near me. Um, so I suppose her decision her putting that trust in me which is absolutely linked to the, the fellowship experience started um, a, a new chapter of my life in which in which I was then working with that very much an improvement focus um, and, and I suppose then going on from that um, the development of Near Me all about everything that that I'd learned through the fellowship um, so the approaches to develop the service in terms of that continuous co-design I mentioned earlier, um, uh, thinking about the whole system uh, to understand the problem, uh, having a really clear structured approach to what we were doing. And, and I suppose my best anecdote about Near Me is how it got its name. So um, I said it was the Caithness Telehealth Project and um, we were using um, the the, the um, system that underpins um, near me, which is Attend Anywhere, and we were referring to it um, as AA. And uh, I was sitting in a cold and freezing uh, town hall in Wick, and uh, people said to me, well, we're just not going to use it because we're not using anything that's called AA. Um, <laughs> it's because the name is associated with Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Um, so I said to them, great, well, okay, it's great to know that right now at the beginning in the design phase, so what do you want to call it? Um, and that night we came up with the name. So it was named by patients. Um, and, That's and, so cool. I'd never heard that before. <laughs> so, But it shows you the value, doesn't it, of engaging people properly um, in the development of services. And and, and right, right from that beginning stage, it's just essential to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I, we you'll know yourself that there's a lot of um, services cropping up that are all around frailty mm -hmm. and I've had similar conversations around frailty services and and what people older people think of the word frailty and they absolutely hate it so we've I've had quite a lot of fun conversations with people asking what would you rather that was called um you know and things like some people uh, one person said, oh, I'd like it to be called the age related deterioration uh, service. So it would be ARDS. And then, oh, and then that then that led on to, well, why don't we call it age related optimization? You know, why does it have to be all about deterioration? Just about living your best life. And and I bet it's the it's the fact that you've done the fellowship that enabled you to have conversations with people like that. That you, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's what the fellowship does. It 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 helps you to understand how important it is to have that involvement of people and to give people the opportunity to really talk properly. Mm -hmm. And maybe to understand that that not all feedback is bad feedback, which often people presume um, because they hear complaints. And that sometimes if it is bad feedback, there's actually a way to positively respond to that and to use it to make things better. 
Um, well, everything is an opportunity to improve, isn't it? I mean, I mean, yeah. every feedback, everything someone says, uh, you can. There's something within that that you can use to improve. Yeah. So, um, what what's uh, one thing that you now believe that if if um, you'd said it to Claire pre SQSF, uh, she would never have believed. Um. Oh gosh. Um. I I I think it is the transition from me before which was that focus on evidence-based medicine to um actual and I and I still believe in evidence-based medicine I should say but it but to absolutely making sure that you've got um people involved in in proper co-design um and I think without having that what we went on to do with near me so obviously during the pandemic um i worked for the scottish government as as national near me lead to support its spread um across the country we we wouldn't have been able to do that were it not for the fact that we'd done all the co-design work before i mean we th- there were other digital services that that should have spread too but didn't because that groundwork hadn't been done so um i think for me that 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 real understanding of how you have to engage with everybody and and I do think of it as a bit like a magic triangle of service of of of, of a service so you've got the service users so that's the patients and the public and the family um, and everyone who who uses um, a service the service providers which tends to be the health professionals involved um, and then also the service enablers and they're the third part of the magic triangle and if you don't engage all three parts of that magic triangle in the um, both the initial development service and then the ongoing continuous improvement of services, then um, then they just don't work properly. Um, so that's the real learning for me. I would say is that that understanding of of proper co-design and co-production going forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, that's great. I, th- I think the first time I met you, you were on stage with um, Jason Leach and Derek Feely at the Quality Forum in Glasgow. Gosh, and, I, and I'll tell you, before the fellowship, I would never have believed I'd have been able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking like, wow, you are like a hero that's so brave to stand up with two big characters like that and, and um, you know, share your story. It was the most petrifying thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> And um, and and I suppose the 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 secret to that was the preparation. So um, uh, what you didn't see was the months of preparation that went into making sure that I I was able to do that. But even then, it was still petrifying. So so thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. It was really good. Um, great. Um, well, have you got any anything else you'd want to share or advice for anyone else who's thinking about? going for the fellowship or applying um i i would say absolutely go for it um it, it is just the most amazing opportunity um uh, i i never thought that my life would change and my career would go in the direction it has um uh, and and I and and I know it is down to the fellowship uh, um as a result of that um and I'd also say you know that huge benefit of um of it opening up this network of fabulous people who just give you positivity um and um 
you know, it, it can be tough. All of our jobs can be tough at times, but actually um, when you have a, a, this network of, of other fellows that you can turn to um, across the cohort. So um, I love it when someone from another cohort um, calls me up um, or when I'm stuck on something, I might track someone down from another cohort, even if I didn't know them at the time um, um, or they didn't know me and, and, and people are willing to talk and willing to be involved. And um, it's, it's just an amazing thing to be part of. So um, I would say go for it. Um, don't be scared oh that's great cool well on that note actually we have a Danish fellow this time who's looking at video consultations for breaking bad news about brain injury and brain cancer and I mm -hmm. said you need to call on your Scottish fellow family um, and uh, and uh, learn a bit more about that so I'll need to oh I'd love to speak for them and um, and and there was some really great work done um, in Highland, actually, by um, a team around how you can break news, bad, bad news. Um, but it has to be done uh, in a really thoughtful and planned way. Um, uh, so um, absolutely, we could hook them up as well. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Great. 